But it sure sounds like after reading this, <laughs> what happened? So your boy got. If I if I'm being honest, I think I got played. I got the okie doke <laughs> pulled on me. <laughs> You're listening to the Snob OS podcast, the podcast for Apple snobs. Yo, this is Terrence Gaines, a.k.a. Brother Tech. And this is Nika Montford, a.k.a. Tech Savvy Diva. And welcome back to the Snob OS Show, the show for Apple snobs, where we talk all things Apple and then some. We definitely want to say thank you for joining us back this week. This is episode 142 of the Snob OS Show. We, like I said, we want to thank you for your continued support. We want to thank to say thank you to all of our snobbest. Uh, those are our Patreon supporters who've been rocking with us for this long. We just wrapped our live taping and uh, not only did they get to see or listen to the show early, but they also got some extra content you will not hear on this actually uh, recorded show when it publishes on Friday. So if you want to get that little bit of insight, you want to get that extra little bit of nugget, definitely uh, join our Patreon. We are at Patreon dot com forward slash snob os and i think i want to uh let's see if i can get this up here yes become a snobist uh go to patreon.com forward slash snob os cast and we've got a couple tiers for you to uh show us some love that way so we definitely want to thank you but continue to listen continue to share continue to subscribe uh tell a friend to tell a friend to join the show all right so uh first things first we want to get into the lowdown where we talk all things Apple. Um, probably the thing that's going to take up all the time is talking about iPad and I- iOS and iPad OS 15 because there are some, I think there's some pretty cool features in there that I think are going to take iOS 15, even though it's not a major, major change. They're doing some nice refinements and adding a bunch of features that people are going to use for a while. But before we get there, uh, last week, uh, we were able to finally pre-order some products. So I guess I wanted to ask you first, uh, did you pre-order anything? Did you put your money up or did you hold back? Wong, wong, wong. I purchased nothing. The only thing I okay. was thinking about purchasing was the Apple Watch. And that's okay. not even available yet. So No, it is not. Um, my Apple Card stayed squarely in my wallet. <laughs> mine did not mine did not um i kind of knew it was gonna yeah i kind of knew it was, it was gonna happen but it is what it is so like i mentioned um i uh got my wife the entry level ipad the, the generation nine i think it's what it was didn't get her the mini uh she doesn't necessarily need a pro so i got her the entry level ipad since it does have the better cameras does support the apple pencil and it does have more storage as the entry level version. So I went ahead and uh, got that for her. I also got her a iPhone 13, just the iPhone 13 regular, not the pro, not the mini, uh, because she does have an iPhone 10R and that joint is pretty old. Um, I've had to um, fix the screen. <laughs> I've had to re- repair broken glass on it. So. Uh, it was time. So, you know, she skipped the 11, skipped the 12. So got her the 13 
And like I mentioned, I've got to have the best phone in the house. So I use that as, as an excuse. <laughs> and they gave me a good trade in quote. They gave me a good quote, Apple. Now, normally what I do is I'll try to sell it on eBay. I'll try to go to some of these third party apps. I'll try to do Facebook Marketplace. I even try to do Craigslist to try to get the most amount of money possible for my trade in. So it doesn't feel like I'm spending a thousand dollars for a phone. I just didn't feel like it this year. So I went to Apple and, you know, for the pre-order, as I set up my pre-order, they asked you, did you want to do a trade in? I was like, mm -hmm. sure. You know, I gave them all the specs of my uh, 12 Pro Max and they gave me a good number. It ain't the best, but it gave me a good enough number to where it's like, you know what? If so, with trading in my iPhone 12 Pro Max and buying the 13 Pro Max, same storage space, 256 gigs. I'm only paying four hundred dollars. That's not bad. Yeah, I'll do that. I'll do that. All right, sure, sure. Yeah. Sign me up. Four hundred dollars yes. is good. Yeah. <laughs> Sign me up. So yeah, like I said, I ordered the iPhone 13 Pro Max for myself. So that's what we are waiting on in the mail. So I'll definitely be looking forward to that Friday. Um what before I want to get into the iOS and iPad iPad OS 15 features, uh, it seems like a lot of people were experiencing iPad or iPhone um, pre-order issues specifically as it relates to being able to get the 3% cash back. Um, that's one of the benefits of using the Apple card. When you purchase Apple products, you get the 3% cash back, especially if you use an Apple card. Um, a lot of people, even some people that I know were experiencing issues when it was time to pre-order to where they could not use their Apple card. So mm -hmm. to scramble, they used other credit cards, forfeiting their 3% daily cash back. And, you know, so they, you know, everybody um, kicked up a storm. Um, of course, Apple is not the financial in institution for the credit card. It is Goldman Sachs. So mm -hmm. Goldman Sachs decided that they were going to, um, you know, kind of give everybody 3% back. So I'll just read this, this quote here. The problem was fixed a few hours after pre-orders went live, but not before a number of customers resorted to placing the charge on a different credit card, forfeiting the Apple cards, 3% daily cash benefit. The follow following complaints posted to various social media platforms. It appears that Apple and Goldman Sachs are making the situation right. Doesn't necessarily say how, I'm sure you have to submit a credit card or a receipt, maybe, you know, some other proof of purchase, you know, proof that you are an Apple card member, a credit card holder rather. And I'm guessing they will go ahead and, you know, straighten you out. But I just thought that was interesting that, you know, um, Goldman Sachs, this is not their first time. We've had the Apple card for over a year. And um, I made purchases. Two years, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've purchased multiple Apple products at launch and I've never had an issue. As a matter of fact, mm -hmm. I didn't even have an issue this go around, you know, cause I was there, you know, eight o'clock Friday morning, making sure my purchases go through and I did it all on my Apple credit card and I didn't have any issues. So I just thought that was interesting that, um, you know, Goldman Sachs, you know, they're trying to, you know, uh, uh, getting good with Apple and they make an Apple look bad. If people can't buy their products when exactly how they want to. Yeah. Right. And get their cash back. Cause it adds up, you know, yeah. I've been holding my cash back for like a year, you know, mm -hmm. so uh, there may be some products I may be purchasing straight off of, you know, cash Apple back. cash. Mm -hmm. Yep. The cash back. Exactly. 
Yep. Yep. So that's why I just want to put that out there. So if you are somebody who um, did have issues and you're listening to the show, definitely reach out to us. Let us know uh, what your issues were. And furthermore, furthermore, uh, let us know what Apple did to fix it. How did they actually fix it? Did they just throw 3% based on what you purchased? You know, did they send y'all a Christmas card? You know, tell, <laughs> tell, let us know what Apple did to actually fix the situation. If you had troubles, uh, ordering products on iPad pre-order day. All right. So like I said, getting into the, the meat and potatoes of the lowdown, uh, iOS, iPad 15, iOS and iPad OS 15, uh, dropped on Monday and um, there's some pretty dope features. So I'm going to try to run through uh, some of these favorite features. Of course, this is not all the features, but I'm going to run through uh, some of these features that I enjoyed. And, you know, like I said, Nikki, have you, well, before you, before I get into it, um, have you uh, downloaded iOS 15 or iPad OS 15 on yep, any of your devices I, yet? I've updated both my iPads um, and my phone. So I'm all up to date and I did the update um, for Safari as well. Um, okay. On okay. On the desktop version. So. All right. All right. So let me see if I can go through uh, some of these features. Let me see here. All right. So uh, one of the ones that probably most people are going to be into um, probably is going to be the FaceTime, right? So that mm -hmm. gives you the ability to, uh, start a FaceTime uh, conversation, create a link and similar to like a Zoom, similar to like, you know, um, Skype, you know, any of these teleconferencing um, products, you can actually send a link out to other users. You can add it to an invite in a calendar and anybody clicking on that link, whether they have an Android or a Windows device can actually join in on your conversation. So that's probably going to be the feature that everybody else likes. Uh, some of the other ones that I thought. I actually tried the, the one you're talking about now, the FaceTime one. I actually mm -hmm. tried it with um, a couple of Android people. Most of the people in my circle are mm -hmm. on iPhone, but I mm -hmm. do have a couple stragglers that are on Android and um, mm -hmm. we tried it out and um, it was pretty seamless. What I did find interesting was we we're like, okay, we'll try it around 4.30. And mm -hmm. um, I sent it to two of my friends that have Androids, and um, she didn't join. She wasn't able to join right at 4.30, so I, I logged in. I created the link. I sent the link out. You can give it its own unique name. Um, I okay. sent it out, um, and um, she, wasn't, she didn't, wasn't able to join immediately. So then I left the, the FaceTime, and mm -hmm. then when she was able to join in, I got a little notification that dropped down that said she joined. So then mm -hmm. I went and clicked on the link and it popped open um, the FaceTime. So what I think with this link, um, mm -hmm. because she was like, uh, her sons are on iPhone. They've been trying to get her to switch over to iPhone. And mm -hmm. she was like, so how can, how can I call them? And I was like, well, you can't. They will have to send the link to you. But mm -hmm. what it appears as, once you create the link and you, and if you don't delete the link from your, um, FaceTime app, anybody can, you can go back and click on it at any time. So it's kind of almost like an open line. Uh -huh. So as long as you don't delete the link, if someone still has the link in their iMessage or in their uh -huh. meeting invite or saved somewhere, they can uh -huh. click on it and it will essentially call that Put person. Put them in. Oh, to call them. Yeah. So it'll, it'll give, it'll give the person uh -huh. notification that says, 
such and such and such um, is joining your face your your FaceTime or whatever mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. name the FaceTime link because I think I named okay. it like Android on FaceTime or something right, like that. So right, whenever okay. they click the link, the little uh, learn drop down that says such and such has joined Android on on FaceTime and you can open it and start to immediately FaceTime. So the link is active until you delete it because I think I created one link just to kind of mm-hmm. see what it was about. And then when I went to delete it, it said, you know, you delete this link and it won't, you know, some message to the effect that once you delete the link, nobody will be able to use it again. So as long as you don't delete the link, it appears as right. if that link remains active until you delete it. So whoever right. is on the Android end, they can just kind of click on the link again and it'll pop up the notification and you can either accept it or decline it. Right. Now, that I, I guess that makes sense for recurring meetings. Like if you mm-hmm. are actually using, um, if you're completely using the Apple ecosystem, including Calendar and including FaceTime for conferencing, you're not using Zoom, you're not using Teams, you're not using Skype, you're not using Cisco and these other things, then you want to set a recurring meeting. So every Monday at two o'clock, you know, you want to be able to use the same link in the same reoccurring event without having to go through the process of creating a new a, a link, sending it out to all the people. You add the link to the meeting invite and that it's always there, you know, similar like how Zoom works, yeah. you know. And it's um, very, the, the look and feel is very much Zoom or, you know, Google Meet or whatever. It mm-hmm. looks and feels very much like your typical teleconference uh, mm-hmm. type of um, setup that we've all seen, you know, especially during the pandemic. So it doesn't look to me traditionally um, like FaceTime. Um, the mm-hmm. little window is now at the bottom on the right. And then, mm-hmm. of course, the main window is whomever you're talking to. But then there are mm-hmm. kind of like blank spaces as well in case you have multiple people. It kind of fills the screen. Um, so, you know, in old FaceTime, it usually the other person's face takes up the full screen and you're kind of like right. a little, little block at the top. That's no more. Even the person you're talking to doesn't take up the full screen anymore. It's kind of like mid of the screen. And then you kind of have like little controls at the very top. So it very much is the look and feel of your, uh, your Zoom or, you know, any of those, what is it? Blue jeans, I think is another one. It, it is definitely more of that feel and less of actual FaceTime feel. All right. All right. So the next, uh, app that or feature that I use all the time now, um, I actually used it to set up a lot of the show notes is drag the ability to drag and drop across apps. So the way it works is instead of you highlighting a piece of text, whether it be a link, whether it be text, whatever the case may be, you got to figure out how to get it highlighted. Then you tap it again to copy it. And then you open up another app. Like in my instance, you know, I was in the news app and I wanted to take some of these features and bullet point them instead of me highlighting the text copying it, opening up the Google Docs, and then doing a paste. Once you, with this new drag and drop across apps feature, you have to take two fingers, especially if you're on a phone, you highlight the text and then press and hold on the text. It'll actually lift up off of the screen. And then what you do is you take the other finger and use the multitasking, swipe over to the other app, and then Position it using the same thumb that you're holding the text, quote unquote, holding the text and you position it where you want it to go. Take your finger off and it actually 
uh, puts it right into that field. So this goal, this comes in handy for like uh, taking images. Like if it's almost like it's dra- not almost like it is drag and drop. Like you're using, mm-hmm. like if you're on a Mac and you clicked on an image and you wanted to drag it into a email to compose an email and attach that image, you can do the same thing with iOS using this drag and drop feature. I, I mean, like I said, it not revolutionized, but it just for something that I do specifically like setting up show notes for the podcast, you know, this feature, it like shaved like serious time off of me having to copy and paste and go back and forth. I could just drag content into my note and then let go and it actually put it there. So it may not that be was, like a sexy type of, uh, I guess, feature, so to speak, but mm-hmm. the reward from it, the the increased productivity, the cut down on time and doing this, it, mm-hmm. it sounds like it's, it's well worth, um, you know, the new feature, even though it may not be as flashy as some of the other features. Right, right. Uh, so the other one is uh, live text and photos. So this one may be the sexy one. Right. So you can actually take your phone, take the phone's camera. Like if you're at a billboard or you're on, at a restaurant and you want to get um, the link to the website, you can take your phone's camera, highlight it over the text. Your camera will recognize the text. It will recognize if it's a phone number and it'll give you ability to call. It'll recognize if it's a website and it'll actually give you the ability to click on it and actually um, uh, click on the link. If you want to, you know, a uh, myriad of things, you know, I'm, I'm pretty sure, you know, you can think of all the different ways. All the different use cases. That, right. All the different use cases. You can pull information off of a business card, you know, add it to your contacts list, you know, all the things that you can think of. Uh, for instance, you can copy, select, look up, define. So like if you're in a foreign country and you're looking at a sign and you don't know what that sign means, you can hold your uh, live uh, your phone up using live text. It'll translate it for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can look it up if you don't know what a word is. You know, you can do the lookup feature. So that's one of these features that I think a lot of people are actually going to use so much so to where it just becomes uh, second nature. Mm-hmm. Another thing that we harp on is we use I use LastPass. Uh, for password manager, but I also use LastPass authenticator for two-factor authentication. So instead of me, instead of a website that I want to log into, uh, sending me a text message with a code that I have to then confirm, uh, a lot of sites are giving me the ability to use a built-in authenticator app, which is even safer than sending a text message. Um, Apple has a built-in authenticator in and of themselves to where you can go into your saved passwords for iCloud and you can go in and actually um, like said in the, in the, in the picture in the screen here, you can actually enter a setup key or scan a QR code, depending on what website or what service, how to use it. Some of them give you a key that you have to enter. Some of them flash a code. If you scan that QR code while you're in this authenticator setup, it'll create that authentication for that site so whenever you go back, you'll be able to authenticate using your phone, which is which using using an iPhone, because, again, Apple, you know, they they uh, emphasis, they put heavy emphasis on security. So it makes sense for them to be able to let you use your phone as an authenticator for specific sites that you want to sign into. So and it's helpful because everybody has an authenticator. Google has an authenticator. Microsoft right. has an authenticator. Like you said, LastPass has an authenticator. And this way, it's just one that's already built in. 
to your um, your iOS, and it's not something that you can ne that you necessarily now have to do something external for. You can use it built in right on your phone. Exactly. Yep. So let me give you give you a couple of these other ones. I don't want to um uh you know uh run down the whole list. I just want to do some of the ones that I like. All right. So another one is uh shared with you. So if somebody shared a photo album, if somebody shared a website, if anybody shared um any sort of information, um Apple gives you a specific area to where you can see all the items that have been shared with you. Uh, some of the other ones, um, I don't know how you feel, how I feel. I think it's okay. A lot of people are back and forth about this. Uh, Safari redesign in iOS specifically, they have put the URL, um, um, window at the bottom versus it being in a traditional, traditional top, like it is on website or desktops rather and on tablets. So I think the jury is out on whether or not people like that or not. Uh, I guess it. I just want to. Yeah, you don't mind it. Okay, no, me neither. It's not. It's not a huge inconvenience. It just takes a little bit of reorientation. But again, it's right. like anything. Apple is usually kind of ahead of the curve. And next thing you know, a lot of people are going to start popping at the bottom if the feedback well, the, is is positive. Well, the reason why I like it is because I've got a big phone and my hands are not huge. So being able to grab the URL is easier when I'm using my thumbs at the bottom of the screen versus because trying your hands, to use your thumbs are already down there by the keyboard. That makes exactly sense. exactly versus trying to reach up at the top. You know, of course, you know this third first war problems, but yeah. at the same time, and you know, it, it could be accessibility as well because a lot of times we don't think about people who are differently abled. This uh -huh. could be you know an improvement. For them being able to use a web browser, they don't necessarily have to, you know, reach higher up if they're already able to use their adaptive device or if they have limited range of motion or mobility. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. makes it easier for them if they're already kind of holding the phone down at the bottom anyway. So it, it's mm -hmm. usually more than than one, you know, reason that it's helpful. Um, and the people that are complaining about it are probably people who don't have any type of accessibility issues. And for someone with an accessibility issue, this might be a game changer for them. Right, right. Uh, one of the other ones is hide my email. So this will come in handy to where, you know, if you want to sign up for a website to um, get some information, like for instance, I, this is the, this is the one that pops up in my head. If I want to sign up for a website to get a coupon code like they, you know, you go to any website nowadays, you know, enter your email your to email. get 15 percent yeah. off yeah. First, for first purchase. Right. So you you enter your email, you know, if you enter your email, that's putting you into their newsletter. So they're sending you 50 million thousand newsletters. So the way I can see using hide my email to work for me is I create a email account using hide my email, go to the website enter my enter the email get the code use another email to actually make the purchase on the website like if I'm legitimately want to make a pur purchase mm -hmm. but I don't want to be on their newsletter use the fake email to sign up for the newsletter to get the coupon mm -hmm. use my re real email when I got to verify who I am to make the purchase mm -hmm. and then go back into hide my email delete that email address I don't get any spam at all. Yeah. So that's just the one way I can think of to use hide my email, but it's legitimately supposed to be used to hide your privacy, right? So you yeah. can create emails that will forward to your real email, 
without actually having to give out your real email address. Yeah. You know, that's if that makes you feel better, you know, if you do want to, you know, you may want to sign up for a newsletter that you, you know, actually enjoy, but you just don't feel like giving out your real email address. You can give or out. If can, someone, or if you meet someone at some event or networking right, thing and you right. don't want them to have your real email because you can kind of get a sense if there are people uh-huh. who are going to bug you or uh-huh. a lot or kind of like just overdo it, give them uh-huh. a fake email you know, you respond, I guess, initially. And then if they keep, you know, harassing you, it's not a big deal because it's not my real email anyway. Right. And like you said, without and if you want to be you know, passive aggressive, you just delete that email and boom, mm-hmm. <laughs> the emails go nowhere, you know. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> or if you're, right? like, how'd you, if you're like now, like all of the um, like newspapers, pretty much everything mm-hmm. is almost behind some sort of paywall. And they want mm-hmm. your email just to move forward. Drop that in there. Go look at what you want to look at, and then delete it and go on about your business. Then you never have to worry about them, you right? Know, right. Bombarding your email with random stuff that you don't really care about. All right, all right. A couple other ones that I'm gonna run through real quick. Uh, detailed photo information. So this comes in handy for me because I always want to know how big my images are, especially if I want to put them on a website or something. Um, now you can on an image, like in your photos library, you can swipe up on the image and it'll give you more information like the image name, how, how large it is, the location, you know, what camera settings you used. Of course, all those things look Greek to me, but you know, if you want to know if it's what aperture, what lens, what, you know, telephoto, all those different things. It'll give you all that information. Yeah. Yeah. Which you know what that stuff means. Right. Which I am not. Right. But that definitely comes in handy. Like I said, specifically for me, you know, how big it is. Like I'm always having to resize images when I'm putting stuff on the internet because, you know, I don't know what size it is, but this way I'll know what size it is before I'm actually going through all the process, trying to resize and reshape things like that. Uh, Another thing that may be coming in handy, temporary, free iCloud storage, you know, with every iPhone, they give you five gigs of storage. Um, you can't do anything with that specifically when you are buying a new phone and you need to transfer information. So mm-hmm. what Apple's doing is saying, Hey, you know, if you need more space temporarily, we'll give you more space so you can do things like back up your phone to restore to a new phone, you know, if you're going to offload data, whatever the case may be. And then after the allotted amount of time, they take that uh, space back. So that definitely will come in handy. Um, iPad app library. So I'm very anal when it comes to my home screen on my iPhone. Same thing with my iPad. They've brought the app library over to the iPad. And for what though, for those people who don't know what that is, is on your iPhone, you can set up your home screen with all your apps the way you want it to. And then any other apps, if you swipe to, to to the next screen, they'll go into a library to where you can then do a search, you know, or go alphabetical to find them. So they brought that functionality over to the iPad, um, iPad home screen. Um, they've actually given you more room at the top to actually customize and get more um, widgets on your app, uh, your iPad home screen. Uh, iPad split screen functionality. So it's easier to do split screen to where if you want to put, you know, a Safari on one side and you want to put, you know, Google Docs on another side, you know, like I said, personally speaking, if I'm setting up notes for the show, um, it's real easy to select which split screen you want to use, which side, turn it on and off with that split screen functionality. And then the other, only other thing that, um, I actually didn't like, 
once I turned it on was dynamic head tracking with spatial audio. So if you've got iPad Pro, uh, Air, uh, AirPods Pro, or you've got the um, Air, AirPod Pro Max, the, the big ones, the ones that I have, you can turn on. Yeah, you can turn on spatial audio, but you can turn on dynamic head tracking. So if you're listening to it on your phone and it's positioned right here and you turn your head, the spatial audio will keep the sound just in this ear. And then if you turn your head the other way, it'll focus it back this way. And then you same thing. If you go, if you're walking away from something, the, the um, dynamic head tracking will track that. I didn't like that. <laughs> so I turned that off, but there may be some people who want to get that experience to where, you know, if you're sitting in front of your big television and you've got your airpod, your, your headphones on and you go to move, you want to keep the the sound localized to the screen. So that's what that does. So and I think again, it's coming to air, I think it's coming to the HomePod and the HomePod Mini as well. I think I mm -hmm. saw I read somewhere that they are in beta for that. So that feature I think would probably be I guess uh, an improved listening experience on something mm -hmm. like a HomePod or a HomePod Mini because that's giving you kind of the surround sound kind of kind of feel. Right, right. I haven't right. tried that yet. I haven't tried it yet, so I don't know. Yeah, I tried. I, I I tried it, and I was like, yeah, I don't like this. <laughs> uh, then the last the last thing is focus mode. So mm -hmm. you know, do not disturb. Uh, you can turn on do not disturb, and you can you know stop people from get, sending you messages. You can stop the little notifications from popping down. Well, focus mode takes that to the next level, to where you can set different do not disturb um, profiles, for lack of a better term for doing different things. So for instance, I was able to get in there. So I've got a uh, do not disturb for on air. So when I'm doing podcasts, I can turn on the on air, do not disturb. And it turns off all my notifications, but it keeps the ability to send text messages. So like I said, for give you inside baseball on how we do our show, you know, we send each other links to join a show. We send each other links to make sure to check things before the show actually comes on. And I want to see those messages on my phone when she's sending me something like if she if if I fade out, like my Internet goes out or Nikki Internet goes out. I want to be able to see that she's saying, hey, I lost you, you know, but I want to hear I don't want to hear the notification because I might be yeah. right because I might be on air. Right. So you can set those different things versus exercise. I don't hear nothing. I don't want to see nothing. I just want to exercise. So no phone. Yeah. No phone calls, no text messages, no notifications, nothing at all. Right. Uh, versus when I'm at work, I may want to just get phone calls from my wife, you know, versus no, nobody else gives me phone calls, not my kids, you know, anybody else that maybe bother me. So you can change all those folk. You can create all of those focus modes based yeah. customize. That's the word I was looking for. Customize them based on how you do things. So yeah, I'm excited about focus mode. Okay. Okay. Yep. So that was pretty much the rundown of the iOS or iPad OS 15 features that I liked. Um, Nika also mentioned that um, for Mac OS, there was a Safari redesign. I've been playing around with it. Um, I had to get used to it. You know, they kind of, um, uh, they've tried to streamline that as well. You know, one of the things that I've noticed is tabs, tabbing back and forth yeah. in Safari looks a little bit different. Mm -hmm. um, the tab takes on the the dominant color of the website. Mm -hmm. So if you're on a website that's purple, 
you know, the whole tab will be purple. Right, right. So, you know, that may help, you know, to differentiate from some of the other tabs that you have open. You can do uh, tab groups. So like, for instance, for our show, if I've got our show notes open, I've got the streaming app tab open and I've got all of the links that I want to include in the show, I can make that a tab group and then split that off from different other tabs that I may have running. So uh, that's just some of the few things. I'm pretty sure there's a bunch of other things. Security there's a lot of different security reporting. It does a better job of telling you tracking, right? The privacy tracking, all those things. Yeah. Yep. 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 So that's pretty much all the stuff. So definitely if you're listening, uh, let us know what features you like the most out of iOS, iPad OS, uh, 15. Uh, I definitely think this is them refine them being Apple refining iOS, um, and really like getting it to where they want it to be, especially with all these new features. These are like some definitely helpful features. No fancy. I mean, some of it is kind of, you know, uh, window dressing, but a lot of this stuff is actually useful features, you know, versus in the past, maybe, you know, they've made things look cuter. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because I, actually... I had someone on, yeah, I had someone on Facebook, uh, a Facebook friend I actually went to college with. He was like, yeah, he was like, I don't really see a whole lot of changes for, you know, Iowa 15. I was like, yeah, pretty much everything is under the hood. Um, uh-huh. You can see the visual representation of what's under the hood. If you start turning things on and off and setting them, then you'll be able to really see the visual. But for the most part, it's making things, the per, your productivity, uh, uh-huh. making that go up, streamlining things, making things more simple, making it, you know, more accessible. It's not uh-huh. as flashy as some of the other iOS updates that we've had physically, you know, uh, visually may, maybe is the better word, but under the hood, it's some, it's some pretty good stuff. Right. Absolutely. All right. All right. So that is going to do it for the lowdown. We're going to move into uh second string where we just talk uh, tech in general. I uh, don't have a lot going on this week, but I did want to um, talk about this uh, particular um, uh, story because I was reading it and I was like, you know what? They got me. <laughs> <laughs> so basically what this is, is um, of course, you know, all of the kids nowadays, you know, are on phones, you know, and everybody's using mobile wallets now and everybody's using mobile payments. You know, you think of Cash App, you think of Venmo, PayPal, <clears throat> excuse me, Zelle, you know, all these different ways to pay for things. And of course, the more people that are using them, the younger people are using them, the, of course, more scammers are using them as well. You know, so they go in and the story that I'm reading or actually looking at in Fortune is talking about, you know, how uh, EverFi, this is a company that focuses on education for K through 12. They did a survey of over 26,000 students spanning middle and high school who completed an online course about modern banking and identity identity protection. 39% of those students reported currently using a peer-to-peer payment app and another 32% of them planning on getting one. Of course, the problem with that is, you know, more people using them, the more scammers are coming. And I wanted to read one because I was like, hey, (laughs) they got me. So for example, Scammers might connect a stolen credit card to a peer-to-peer payment app, think a cash app, for example, send money to a random user and request it back, claiming the transaction was a mistake, like two or three dollars or something like that. 
once they, you know, get the refund or once the person that they quote unquote sent the money sends it back, they will disconnect the stolen credit card and replace it with their own. When the credit card company recoups the stolen funds, they'll be withdrawn from the victim's payment app. <laughs> yes. And I read that and I was like, wait a minute. And then I went to my phone and I went to the cash app and I scrolled through. I was like, hey, somebody did send me a $5 request and then re- requested a refund. And I was like, I mean, no big deal. It's $5. I'm pretty sure I'm not the only T gains out there on earth. So sure, refund you $5. And I don't know, but it sure sounds like after reading this, <laughs> what happened? So your boy got, if, I, if I'm being honest, I think I got played. I got the okie doke <laughs> pulled on me. <laughs> so I wanted to uh, put this story out there because not just kids, kids and adults are getting scammed on mobile payment apps. And here's another one, especially oh, with Venmo. See, well, Go speaking ahead. of this one, mm-hmm. you know what? So I got my driveway pressure washed a couple of months ago. Mm-hmm. And the guy who did it, he gave me his cash app. I showed it to him. I said, is this your cash app? He said, yes. I clicked on it and sent $75. He was like, I never got it, never got it. Turns out he barely glanced at it and I sent the $75 to the wrong person. So I requested mm-hmm. it back and the person declined it. I'm wondering if they just declined it because of this type of thing or just declined it the refund because they wanted my $75. Uh, it could have, I don't know. So I want to believe that the people thought maybe you was trying to scam them and they said, nah, we're going to decline it, but they just got $75 because cash app will say, and Venmo will say, once you send this money, it is gone. gone. So be sure this is the person that you're sending to. So a tip for you. And anybody else who is doing a transaction in person, you got to be in person, is Cash App and Venmo and PayPal give you the ability to create a QR code on your app. Mm -hmm. You take that QR code, the other person that you're trying to pay or the person trying to get money from uses their phone in the Cash App, Mm -hmm. scans the little QR code. It automatically gives exactly who you are per the code. The amount of money, I think you can even encode it with the right amount of money. So you're not paying them too much or too less or whatever. Scan that. And then there you create a good handshake on who you're trying to pay and then how much you're trying to pay them. So that's a tip right there, right? Yeah, I probably should have done that because I mm-hmm. had him look at it and I said, is this it? And he was like, yeah. And it was part, it was like the most of his name, but I think it was some numbers at mm-hmm. the end. And he probably saw the beginning part. I was like, yeah, that's me. And mm-hmm. went on with that. So I don't right. feel so bad now about thinking that someone just took my $75. I can at but least they did. They were, <laughs> listen, they did. But I'm going to say, mm-hmm. you know what? They probably thought I was scamming them. So, you know. <laughs> that must makes you feel I, better. Yeah, that's, that makes me feel a little bit better about being out of my $75 because I had to pay it twice. So. Right. <laughs> uh, so, you know, Venmo is even worse, right? I don't even use Venmo that much because Venmo. because Venmo publicly, you know, publicizes what you're who you're your paying, how much you're paying. Them. You're paying and I, don't what you're know, paying for. I don't know <laughs> what that's about. That. Right. But anyway, uh, the Better Business Bureau describes a Venmo scam in which a perpetrator views a user's public profile and creates a username that looks nearly identical to that of a legitimate contact. 
The perpetrator then requests funds from the victim from a seemingly ordinary expense and pockets the money. So say, for instance, me and Nika, um, we send each other Venmos. Like if we go out, you know, we meet for a podcast or something and she covers the drinks and I send her Venmo, you know, and we do that on a regular, maybe once a week or once a month. Somebody publicly can see that, that I am paying Nika $5 for drinks. And every I two, do it multiple two weeks. They see it. They're seeing the consistency. Mm. Right. So they create a Venmo account that says Nico Monford, Mon- Nico Monfords, mm-hmm. right. Changes it just a little bit, but it's really mm. inconspicuous. And then that person sends me a Venmo request for, you know, $5 for drinks. And I'm like, well, maybe I didn't pay her the last time. Mm-hmm. Well, let me just go ahead and pay her because maybe something happened. And then now they got my money because they saw our public profile. They saw our habits and they said, all right, well, let me see if I can get out get them out of some money. So these are just some of the scams um, that are happening. So the same report that this EverFi company did also indicates that young adults are highly susceptible to fraud and are losing significant amounts of money from scanners from the first time since the report was published. People ages 18 to 24 had the same median monetary loss around $150 as those 65 and older with online purchase scams posing the greatest risk to the younger group. So again, you know, this hits home for me because I have a daughter who's 13 years old. She has a smartphone. She has a little credit card. You know, once this whole COVID thing is over and we feel more comfortable about her going out, They'll probably start going to the mall more. Mm -hmm. They'll start going to the movies more. They'll go shopping more. And I can see being multiple instances to where, you know, one person pays and, oh, just PayPal me or just whatever the money, you know, I want to make sure that she is doing it the right way and not falling susceptible to people, you know, trying to get out of pockets because indirectly those are my pockets and I don't like getting played. At all. Right, right. But I just found this was interesting because, again, they're focusing on kids. But I read it. And I was like, hey, man, wait a minute. <laughs> they got me. <laughs> we are all susceptible because I think we use these apps so much. And if you see something, it's like, oh, yeah, that's that's kind of right. And you don't really uh-huh. pay too much attention to it because we, right. we, we cash out people all, all the, the time. time. I mean, For small amounts of For money. The smallest amount of things. Mm-hmm, and it's just mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, I forgot to do that. Or did I really pay that? Maybe I didn't. You just go ahead and do it and keep on going about your business and not even really thinking to even go back and look at it again. Right, exactly. All right. So the next one, um, I think you will uh I think you will enjoy uh, this one. Um <laughs> they uh <laughs> uh, DoorDash is allowed is um you know uh, saw the trend saw that y'all were getting a little toasty during the uh, COVID in these COVID streets uh, and decided that DoorDash now they're going to jump into the fray and offer alcohol delivery service. So over three hundred thirty thousand wines, beers, and other liquors will be offered from stores and restaurants across the U.S which can be bundled with food orders. DoorDash says customers will have to go through a a rigorous ID authentication process in the app to verify their age. And couriers will also need to verify the ID at the time of delivery. So I guess my question to you is, is this something that you will do? Uh, More importantly, I think you use Thrillist. I think is that what was the name of that? 
Drizzly, Drizzly. Yeah. Uh, you use Drizzly. Is this something that will pull you away from Drizzly? I, I don't know how often you use, you use DoorDash, but my guess is, and maybe, maybe this not, may not be you, but it'd be me, right? Mm-hmm. I don't use Drizzly at all, but I do use DoorDash. If, yeah, if I, I know, use, yeah. go ahead. No, go ahead. I was going to say, I use DoorDash. Now, if I can say, go on DoorDash and, you know, ordering me and my wife some food for our in-home date nights Mm -hmm. and I'm ordering wings and I'm ordering fries and I'm ordering desserts and I can stay within the same app and also order drinks because I'm in DoorDash versus going to Drizzly. I don't have to go to a separate app. That may be something that I may do. So what's your, how does your scenario work? Would you use this or is this appealing to you? So I don't really, I have DoorDash, but I don't really use it. I'm more mm-hmm. of a Postmates Uber Eats girl. Okay. Um, I don't use um, DoorDash that much because I think mm-hmm. when DoorDash came out, um, Postmates and uh, Uber Eats were the predominant ones. So um, they had more offerings than DoorDash. I think I may mm-hmm. have used DoorDash maybe once or twice, not so many. Um, but for me, the thing um, with Drizzly is, you know, it it purchases from the liquor store that's in my neighborhood. Um, and so that's how they're able to turn around so quickly. Um, but if this was in like one of the food delivery apps that I use, I would definitely mm-hmm. use this. So mm-hmm. hopefully okay. Postmates and Uber Eats are listening so they can kind of get on board. But with, you know, with Drizzly, it's like within an hour because they do use local couriers and they use mm-hmm. the same you know, liquor stores that are in your same area and they do when they deliver it, you know, you have to put your ID and stuff in the app, but when they deliver it, it's like when you go to like either, what is it, like the airport or any other place and they scan your ID, they have their phones that they have to scan the front and the back of your ID to Mm -hmm. make sure that the ID is valid. So that's probably when they say rigorous ID authentication, that's probably what they mean is that whoever is delivering it, they won't hand over the alcohol until they have your ID first and they scan the front and they scan the back to make sure that it's a valid ID and it's not a fake ID. Or even better, um, this way I would do it is if I was DoorDash, I would be the gatekeeper as far as the authentication process, similar to my uh, vaccination card. I had to jump through all these hoops to confirm who I was, confirm that I was vaccinated. Once this company did all that, they gave me a quote unquote digital pass to put in my wallet app. So when I go to the airport or when I go to a concert or I go to any place that was requiring proof of vaccination, all of the all the other person has to do is just scan that pass. It tells them who I am. It tells them that I went through this process of going about their business. Right. Mm-hmm. I can see the same thing with DoorDash to where they are the ones that force and confirm and verify who I am. Once I make a order for some alcohol and have DoorDash deliver it, the DoorDash person scans this ID or scans this QR code that DoorDash creates. And then on their end, they see that I am who I am. They have a picture you know, they, it shows that I've been through this process versus actually having to give them my ID and they have to, you know, for security purposes and just to make it go faster. Right. 
I'd rather be able to show them my the phone and end, scan do the, it. Do the right, bulk of right. the work on the front end rather than when you get there having to scan so the all they have scan the back, yeah. And lighting and all that stuff versus they can hold their phone up to my car, my code in DoorDash. They scan mm-hmm. it. They look at me, look at the name, whatever, and they go about their business. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. All right. So, yeah, I just wanted to put that out there because I, I saw that and I was like, yeah, uh, I'm I'm eventually going to do it. I kind of like going to the liquor store and I guess it's the package store for all my <laughs> seasoned folks out there. Right. <laughs> I like actually going and walking down the aisles and seeing what's out there, seeing how it looks, look at the packaging, things of that nature. But mm-hmm. eventually I get to where I want, I need to order something and I'll actually just go through DoorDash, especially now that I already use DoorDash for a bunch of other mm-hmm. things. Right. Yeah. All right. So that is it for second string. Uh, let's move into for the culture. Uh, I know you are a concert goer. Uh, you've been to multiple concerts uh, since we just been doing this show. Uh, you talked about going to the um, quarantine club quarantine with mm-hmm. DJ D nice recently. Mm-hmm. Um, you are the type to be on the hunt when it comes to hard to find uh, concert tickets. Um, word on the street. Well, not word on the street. It's been confirmed that the Fugees will reunite for a 25th anniversary tour of their most popular album. And I think their only album. If I'm correct, the score, mm-hmm. uh, the, qu- my question to you is, uh, knowing that, uh, this was a popular, uh, group when we were coming up, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that you enjoy going to concerts, mm-hmm. but also knowing the history as it relates to Lauren Hill and her ability to even show up at a concert, if not hours, hours late. Uh, will you be looking forward to trying to get tickets to go to uh, the Fuji's 25th anniversary tour if it comes to or gets close to Atlanta? So it is coming to Atlanta. Okay. The, okay. The group chat with my friends that are my concert buddies, it's already mm-hmm. been discussed. Okay. Um, we are a bit gun shy because we did go to the last Lauren Hill concert when she came to Atlanta, when she came to Chastain. We mm-hmm. are still, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Gun shy, shell shocked, mm-hmm. um, uh, traumatized, mm-hmm. um, by that event, um, because we did rack down to, um, to Chastain where the performance was. And I remember you saying about Chat Club, uh, Chastain with, uh, with DJ D Nice was there. Uh, for the for the club quarantine, and you said Chastain they shut down at eleven on the dot. They cut her off while we were there. Oh so wow, we you were, were there. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. we were there okay. for three hours or uh-huh. so. Um, her opening person did their thing. I think there was uh-huh. a DJ that did that thing. We, we actually kind of tried to block it out because it was a lot. So she comes out at like. 1030, 1045, um, and starts her set for 11 o'clock on the dot. Mm -hmm. She's going, she's going, it was lights out. Then she was trying to explain, she was trying to talk, girl, you are in an amphitheater. Your mic is cut. Nobody (laughs) can hear what you're saying. All we see are hand motions. No girl. Mm Mm-mm. 
They told <laughs> you when they booked this venue that this is in a residential neighborhood. This is an uh -huh. old money Atlanta neighborhood. They have right. rules. And at 11 o'clock, the plug is being pulled. I guess she thought because she's Miss Hill, because that's what she likes to be referenced as, Miss Hill. Okay. And she had to get her chakras aligned. That's why she came out late. Because her oh, chakras boy. weren't aligned for her to come out and perform. That she thought mm -hmm. that all of that was like she was exempt. Mm -mm. Some people don't or, care, girl. Be, get excused for that. <laughs> right. So um, we are discussing it because I don't think they come to Atlanta until the end of November. Okay. Um, so we are kind of playing it by ear. Uh, one of my friends was like, you know, I wouldn't mind seeing Wyclef. Um, so he's pretty like, talented, by the way. Yeah, and she was like, they can just play her her the vocals uh, <laughs> to kind of fill in if she's not there. So uh -huh. we're kind of it's on our radar. We're just gonna see how the first uh, the first shows kind of play out before we make any firm commitment. I gotcha, gotcha. Because not only does, if I'm reading this correctly, uh, not only does uh, Lauren Hill have some history. As it comes to, you know, some of these concerts, mm -hmm. um, prize may be in some issues as well, which may cause some issues as it relates to, uh, him being able to show up at some of these events. Uh, the reunion of the legendary group is significant in part because of the interpersonal and legal turmoil that ultimately led to the group splitting in 2006. Prize, who seems to be allowed to tour despite facing criminal charges of campaign finance violations in connection to the 2012 U.S. presidential race, said that there was a better chance of seeing Obama, Osama bin Laden and President George Books in a Starbucks having a latte discussing foreign policies than seeing him work alongside Lauren Hill again. So that was very descriptive. <laughs> very <laughs> basically and very detailed. But all that to say, uh, they had some issues back in the past, uh, I'd say as late as the, you know, early 2000s. But um, for whatever reason, um, it seems that <laughs> I said whatever reason, <laughs> you said whatever money, uh, <laughs> I wasn't going to assume. <laughs> right. Um, uh, they have decided to join forces or reunite for this tour. So, again, um, knowing how the Internet loves to and rightfully so. Loves to call you on your shit. <laughs> it will be interesting to see how this tour goes, you know, in the wake of all of the issues Lauren Hill specifically had. And again, their, you know, how cohesive they'll be at these concerts. Will it just yeah. be Wyclef over here, Proz over here, Lauren in the middle? Or would they really be putting on a show, and which is what most people want to see? That's what people want. You know, especially in this pandemic, people are looking for nostalgia. That's why, you know, uh, Club Quarantine was so popular. That's why Versus was so popular. It took people uh -huh. during all this chaos and the uncertainty that we're in, in the state of the world where we are now. Being transported back to your teenage years, your college years, your young adult years, and, you know, just the nostalgia is kind of lifting and it's fun and it kind of helps you take your mind off the present day. People want that same feel 
And I don't know if they're going to be able to give us that same deal as they did back 25 years ago. Just think of how people change and grow and right. experiences happen over the course of 25 years, essentially from, for us, for, from high school until right. now. And mm-hmm. if they're going to be able to recapture that magic that they had, because the run that they had was pure magic. Lauren Hill's right. miseducation was pure magic. Are right. they able to capture that again? When I when we kind of saw her um, at Chastain, the mm-hmm. magic wasn't there because <laughs> the music was. I I don't think she owned some of the right things, so it was kind of like chopped and screwed. She couldn't uh-huh. sing it straight out the way it is on the album because uh-huh. of legalese. So she had to right. kind of chop and screw it a little bit just to be able to perform some of it. So mm-hmm. it doesn't really give you that feel. So that for me would be one of my concerns. First concern is, is Lauren going to show up on time? Are her chakras going to be aligned on time for the show to yeah. start? I'm going to need you to pre-plan and align your chakras mad early. Do what right. you got to do. Burn some incense, smoke some weed, do whatever a line, you do. whatever you got to do. Do that early. Do it early. Do yeah, it early in the day. Right? Start, <laughs> start right now. <laughs> because <laughs> what I'm a, go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was going to say what, what I think is the problem is going to be is it's going to be sporadic. Mm. There are going to be cities that get the best concert from the Fuji's ever. And then there are going to be some cities to where their hearts just, just were not in it at all on top of audio issues, on top of their own personality struggles, on top of all the other things. Some cities are just going to get Rudy Putin. And, and that's how her, and that's how, sh- that's how her show was. We mm-hmm. were encouraged by the way she did some of her initial shows. They said she mm-hmm. came out. She was great. Her voice sounded great. She was giving it to you. So we thought we were going to get that too, but we right. didn't. So right. you just, right. it's probably going to be a grab bag of what you get. And my other thing I was going to say is the cohesiveness. Are they mm-hmm. going to be performing as a unit or, or right. are they going to be performing as Proz, as mm-hmm. Lauren, as mm-hmm. Y-Clef? Y-Clef? Is it right. going to feel like a group? And if it doesn't feel like a group, then it's all pointless. And the third right. thing is, I don't know what the tickets cost. So it, you know, that's going, and we pay your seat snobs. So we like really nice seats. We will pay right. for them. We paid right. lots of money to see, you know, different people. And if I'm shelling out that kind of money, I need some sort of guarantee that I'm going to get my money's worth. Right, right. Even though yep. we, did, we did get our money back for Lauren, mm-hmm. um, which was good. But, you know, people made, it's at Chastain, so people made an event out of it. People had mm-hmm. to get babysitters. People had right. to, you know, get transportation down there because Chastain is not the easiest place to park. You had to mm-hmm. pay for parking. You had to pay for food. Some people made a thing out of it, so they probably got new outfits, got hair and nails and all those type of things. And those are the things that are cost associated with the event in addition mm-hmm. to whatever the price is. Just the tickets. Right. 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 So, so it'll be interesting to see because I, I hope that uh, Miss Miss Hill <laughs> learned her lesson because they destroyed her on the internet. So oh, whether jokes. she, w- whether whether she's one of those people to where they read the tweets or not, um, I'm pretty sure at the very least 
she has learned her lesson and some things will change. It'll just be interesting to see if they just get their act together or do they put on an act? And I think it's two different things, right? And let me just say, I caught, I caught some internet strays for her, you know, being by some people who were, uh, are blue checks. So for the Lauren show, I was like, at least she came out and did one song being facetious. And then mm-hmm. I had some blue check people in my comments. Oh, is that all it takes for you? And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm the here. Right. I was victimized. I was like, can you not get sarcasm? If you see right. me tweeting this whole event the whole three hours saying how horrible it is out here. And then when mm-hmm. I say this one thing, you're just like pouncing. I'm like, whoa, how did I right. get straight bullet for Laura Hill being late and her chakras not being aligned? Right, right. <laughs> so, yeah, it's, it's tough out here in the streets. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right. Well, that's all I had for for the culture. Uh, we're gonna uh, close out the show like we normally do uh, with the hookup. And um, you know, like I mentioned, I did purchase some Apple gadgets, and I am currently waiting on the shipping and the tracking confirmations to pop up that lets me know that the uh, products are on their way. So in the meantime, I just thought I'd give everybody a tip on what I use to actually track packages. And I actually use Siri, uh, to track my packages. So I did like a little, a uh, little blog post on how you go through the process and do it. So without getting too far into the weeds, basically what you do is, you know, um, we'll use Apple, for example, um, they really don't sh- send out tracking until products actually start shipping. There are some companies that as soon as you make a purchase within five minutes, you get tracking information and then you're like a madman trying to click on the tracking updates and refresh. And all you see is, um, package label created <laughs> for like three, three days. Three and days. then finally, right. And then finally your package is in Missouri or something like that. So Apple kind of waits until they're actually shipping stuff to actually give you a tracking. So if you're worried about, you know, porch pirates, or you just want to make sure you're at home uh, so you can get them as they deliver it, what you can do is once Apple sends out the tracking URL, you basically do like you normally would click through to actually track, get the tracking URL. You copy that, open up the shortcuts app and create a new action. Once you create a new action, it'll give you a bunch of options. You want to pick the web option. Once you click the web option, it'll give you the option to open URLs. And then once it puts that, I don't want to call it text, but that line in the action, you actually highlight the URL and you paste the tracking uh, URL in that field. You can give your shortcut a name, call it, you know, where, where's my iPhone? You know, where are my, where's my iPad and click done. Once you click done, it'll put that shortcut into your shortcuts app, or you can have the option to actually put it as a home screen icon. So instead of you opening up shortcuts and then running the shortcut to track your packages, you can uh, create a home screen icon, put that on your home screen, click the button, and it'll actually show the tracking information or if you give it a simple enough name, like where is my iPhone, you can set it and say, hey, homegirl, <laughs> I don't want to say her name. Um, where is my iPhone? She'll go through the process, open up this shortcut. So I just thought that's a cool little tip for any of those people looking for um, their their products. And you can use it for anything. Like I said, I use it this week. I bought another pair of shoes. And, you know, just to make sure I've seen some stories on the Internet 
where <laughs> these UPS, FedEx, USPS folks are getting downright disrespectful when people order shoes, specifically sneakers. They just open up the box, will deliver a empty box to your house and turn around and walk away. Yes. So, you know, I got I got scared and I got panicked. So what I did was I created this shortcut to track my shoes. So as soon as the shoes hit the doorstep, I was standing out there ready to get my package. So you can do this from pretty much Yes, they do. Specifically Nike. They'll put the Nike like Amazon, you know, Amazon, who knows what you'll get if you order some from Amazon. It could be, you know, a $2,000 purse or it could be a $20, you know, um, whatever the case may be. It just says Amazon. But Nike is orange and it's got the big check. And and it's got the Nike tape. It's got the Nike tape. You know, they box up the uh, tape up the boxes with the Nike logo. And especially people who. Yeah. Yes. Especially people who are watching these releases because the world knows when Michael Jordan uh, launches an air, a, a new, you know, Jordan one X, Y, and Z. So these FedEx people, they know when these Nike boxes starts, they got a pretty good idea what's in them. So they just go yeah. into them. So all that to say, instead of you waiting around to get a, you know, a tracking alert in your email that something's been delivered. You can actually click this shortcut or use Siri and say, hey, Siri, where are my sneakers? And she'll give you up to date. She'll open up the tracking, go to the URL, do all the processes, creating it accurate, accurate uh, tracking information. So I just thought I'd put that one out there. And then the other uh, tip I had, I actually have two of them. Uh, the second one is um, selling your old gadgets, right? So um, I've got a bunch of gadgets coming in. I want to make sure I clear out a bunch of gadgets. The app that I use or the site rather that I use is called Declutter, D-E-C-L-U-T-T-R. And basically what that is, it's just a a website to where you can actually buy and actually sell your old gadgets. And the reason why I like um, this versus, you know, trying to go on Amazon or trying to go not Amazon, rather um, trying to go on eBay or trying to go on Craigslist or trying to go to some of these other places is I don't feel like dealing with it a lot of times. I rather just want to go list my stuff and actually just um, go about my business. And the way Declutter works is, you know, you go, you give them the name, you give them the model, you give them the gigabytes, you give them all the specs. They give you a quote, you you agree, you approve it or not. They send you a label, you throw your stuff in the box, slap the label on it, take it to UPS or wherever, you send it off, you know, in a couple of days, They'll examine it, make sure it's legit, make sure it said how the condition was, what you said it was, and then they give you money. You may not, now I'll admit, they are not going to pay you top dollar as you would trying to sell on eBay, trying to sell on Craigslist, trying to go on Facebook Marketplace, or even just sell to friends and family. Like there's been times where I've been on, you know, um, Instagram and try to sell old phones. The problem is, Everybody wants to ask the same old questions. Well, what condition is it in? Uh, well, what color is it? Um, can you hold it until Friday? Uh, you know, is it worth getting this phone or getting another phone? I don't know. Do you want it or not? Do you want it? Yes or I put I it out there. Offer yes or no. This is how much it costs. Mm-hmm. Yes or no. You know, I don't want to deal with that sometimes. So when I don't want to deal with that, 
I go to declutter. So we'll definitely put a link in the show notes uh, for that. But yeah, I just wanted to put that out there. So if you are trying to get rid of your, you know, some gadgets in your tech junk drawer, you know, uh, definitely check them out. Like I said, they'll give you, like I said, they don't give you the most money, but they give you the least hassle. So that is my tips for the week. And like I said, Nika, if you don't have anything else, I think that is it for the week. So we will definitely say uh, goodbye for now. Before we leave, we definitely want to uh, thank you for your continued support. Uh, One of the ways that you can uh, show us some love is if you download, rate and review our podcast. We're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and we're on Spotify. We're at SnobOSCast. Uh, You can engage with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Again, we're at SnobOSCast. I actually put up a little thing here. There you go. Um, You can leave comments and suggestions. You can go to the web. We're at SnobOSCast.com. Or you can send us an email. We're at SnobOSCast at gmail.com. You can also go to our website to join our uh, community on Discord. We have a public um uh, cat discord server so if you go to our website and click on the link to join our community it'll take you to our discord server De- definitely come in check us out we've been having conversations all this week we helped some people uh, update to ios 15 uh did all kinds of things so that's kind of conversations we're looking for in our community chat on discord uh you can support us monetarily uh by becoming a patreon supporter if you go to patreon.com forward slash snob os cast uh you can actually become a patreon supporter we have a couple of tiers for three dollars a month you get access to the live show and you get access to exclusive content that you won't find on the published show uh, for five dollars a month you get, of course, you get exclusive content, you get the live show taping, and you also get spe- uh, access to a special snobbish channel inside of the chat community. And you also get the live audio feed of our exclusive content if you just want to listen to that separately. Uh, definitely want to thank, uh, again, Charles Hall. He upped his um, up this amount in Patreon. So we definitely want to say thank you for that. If you don't want to do the uh, monthly uh, support, you can give us a love offering. You can go to paypal.com, paypal.me forward slash SnobOS and give us a one time tip, you know, to let us know we are doing things out here in these streets. So, um, Nika, if you don't have anything else, that's going to do it for this week. We are out. Peace. Bye, everybody.